0: you're listening to the broadway podcast network
1: this friday your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in disney pixar's inside out 2 it's time to greet your team riley it's anger let me at him fear safety checklist is complete disgust ew ew sadness is in the house oh no hello I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and happy 2024. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and this is... Dear multi-hyphen it. I am so excited to start a whole new year with you. Um, you know, 2023 brought so much uh it was definitely, you know, <laughs> we can hold two truths at once for 2023. I think a lot of beautiful things happened in 2023 and a lot of really horrifying, terrifying, not wonderful things happened in 2023. And together, let's um, let's hold them both true. Let's move on aware of how it affected us, both the positive and the negative, and um, how we're going to keep creative and stay focused and create theater and television and film together. Um, some of the things, you know, I, I put this on my social media, but um, I... I, I, when I was trying to do like my photo dump of like 2023, I got overwhelmed in a really good way because I didn't know um, there was so many options to post, and I was like, "Well, I feel like that's a good year spent." You know, um, there's so many personal things like uh, making so much moves on me and my husband and our my, our puppy's house. Um, we spent the last day of 2023 painting the living room. We didn't like. We have the bedroom pretty much done, the bathroom is done, and now we're finishing up the living room. It's like uh, that seemed so far away when we bought this house because it was in such a state. Um, but that was, you know, such a way to spend 2020, the last day of 2023, and, um, you know, so many professional positives happened. Like my book came out in 2023, and I started. You know, expanding my audience to um, colleges and groups. And uh, it's just been, you know, incredible. And I want to carry that into 2024 that momentum, that energy. Um, and I hope that you have been inspired by this podcast. One thing that you've listened to one, I mean, it doesn't, I would love it if you listen to every episode. Are you kidding me? Please. But, you know, if one episode you listened to in 2023 inspired you to do something, make a change, a positive change in your life, send that email, start writing that script, start raising that money, you know, then I then the podcast did its job and it's going to keep continuing to do its job. Um, but, you know, at the end of 2023, everything got really, really hectic and I sort of fell back on my bi-weekly release schedule but I'm committing to that again. You're going to get two episodes a month. Um, and the conversations are also going to be a lot more streamlined, um, a lot more um, specific. And I also want to hear from you. If there's anything you want me to talk about on the podcast, um, reach out. You know, uh, Email me at dearmulti-it at gmail.com. Um, if you want to hear me talk about finances, if you want to hear me talk about... Uh, specifically, photography. If you want to hear me talk about, you know, boundaries, like a specific topic, then, yeah, I would love to hear from you. That's, you know, want to, I want to give the people what they want, you know? Uh, that's what 2024 is about. Um, but uh, also, you know, please follow on social media at Dear Multi or at the Michael Kushner um, and say hey and also rate review comment subscribe you know um apple podcast is a great place for that and they really do matter those reviews really do matter so please do that and download the episode download the episode that also helps hey i'm just telling you the the truths about podcasting right um just like with anything in the entertainment industry numbers are important um it's a really easy way for me to keep doing this. And I don't, you know, I don't ask for any <laughs> Patreon or OnlyFan money, whatever, whatever, whatever everyone's doing. I want to give you all the free content. That's my, one of my pledges to accessibility in the industry. But in order for me to keep doing that, um, please download episodes, subscribe, rate, follow on social media, all that good stuff. And I'm going to keep that up. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, I, I, if you're listening to this, I would love to work with you as well. Come to Michael Kushner Photography. I do one-on-one career, uh, sessions through Dear Multi-Hyphenate. Um, and you know, let's just be friends. Like, you know, how fun is that? That's what's great about art these days. Um, but anyway, let's, you know, let's get on to the episode. Like, Um, I hope this is going to inspire you to set intentions and set career goals and just be the artist you want to be. But this episode is really great. I love Jordan's energy, um, and honesty. And that's something I also really want to bring into 2024. Not that I wasn't honest with you all before, but more of a brute honesty, more of a, you know, this is how it is. This is what's happening. This is why it's good or bad or in the middle or whatever, but I think this episode is a really, really good start. We talk about, you know, everything from ageism in the industry to allowing yourself to be a theater nerd, to checking off boxes and maintaining family expectations, and also just humping dogs. You'll just listen to the episode, you'll understand pretty, pretty quickly, but um, let's get into the episode. Jordan Kai Burnett just finished the sold-out run in the world premiere production of Gene and Gilda playing their comedy idol, Gilda Radner. They just returned from their Las Vegas debut starring as the MC for Channing Tatum's Magic Mike Live, which played at both the Hard Rock and legendary Sahara Hotel and Casino. They were featured in the same role for Finding Magic Mike on HBO Max. Favorite credits include *Romeo and Michelle, the musical where they played Heather Mooney at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle and received a Gregory Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress in a Musical. They've also done Found, uh, Scissorhands, which they are currently in, um, in Los Angeles, and they were lucky enough to work side-by-side with Patton Benatar and Neil Giraldo on the Romeo and Julia project as Benvolia, which I'm obsessed with, co-creator of Daisy and Jordan's Sunday Brunch of Shame with comedy partner Tony Award winner Daisy Egan and they are a graduate of Emerson College and a student of both the Groundlings and the Upright Citizens Brigade. You can follow Jordan at JKAIB. And you could also visit JKAIB.com for more information. Please go see them if you're in the Los Angeles area. Go see them starring in Scissor Hands, the musical. Um it's you know, I'm not able to see it since I won't be in L.A., but um, everything I've, I've watched and listened to and, and learned about the production sounds absolutely incredible, and I really, really would love to see it. But if you're in the L.A. area, go see it. Go support Scissor Hands the musical. Information on how to get tickets is in the episode, and we also talk about what it's like being in the show. It's a pretty great episode. Again, subscribe, download, comment, share with your friends, your family. And uh, again, happy new year. Enjoy. Hi, Jordan. Kai Burnett. It's so good to have you.
0: It's so good to be had.
1: You're not the first Burnett I've had on my podcast. I've had, I've had Carol Burnett.
0: I knew you were going to say that. I always tell people that she's my cousin. (laughs) I always tell people she's my cousin because I'm a liar, but I'm also a funny liar. So I feel like by telling her by telling people that she's my cousin, I'm sort of just manifesting it into truth.
1: Well, you never know with 23 and me. It's like I um it's it's actually that's kind of funny because I do ancestry. I am I have it on my app and I find it to be really interesting because I get messages your dog is fully humping the bed and I really love it.
0: I tried I literally pushed his bed <laughs> so far out of the room and he said, "No, I will be an OnlyFans" I will be in only dogs, and I will, and I will be on the internet.
1: Um, literally, woof! I that's hysterical. Um, oh. for those of, I, for those of you that are just listening to the podcast, when this is when the full <laughs> video is uploaded to YouTube, I just want you to, you know, skip ahead to you know, three minutes and twenty eight seconds. I guess I don't know what the exact time My right is.
0: My gorgeous fourteen year old baby dog, a baby of fourteen. 14- Bringing the bed... Like, is is bringing the bed even closer into the frame? I could not have planned... <laughs> I could not have planned this. Ernest James! That's, that's, I'm on you, TV!
1: You know when it's the first and middle name, it's important. That's, I'm actually thoroughly obsessed with this. This is... Um, this. It all ties into multi-hyphenating. Because sometimes, you know, you just gotta pump <laughs> it out, honestly. Yeah,
0: I mean, we've all done it. It's just like... I, Boo, I'm on TV right now. Can you be cool?
1: Especially working from home. It's pretty, you know, just got to do what you got to do. But, um, yes. you know, it's so funny because I have ancestry on my. <laughs> I have ancestry on my. It's just amazing. I have ancestry on my on my phone and I mm-hmm. occasionally get a message that is like, hey, um, you know, where I think out like my great grandma was your great grandma's third cousin and it's like that's amazing the wait cra- really the crazy cool thing yeah was i went to frenchwood's for sleepaway sure. camp, which i went
0: cool. to stage door manor so
1: okay um this is for for everyone for anyone on.
0: who doesn't know their the rivalry is real
1: okay you just is that my, not what you were gonna say you just proved my point for stage door there's a rivalry but for French uh-uh. kids we can that's- we we support you
0: you're such a liar. You're a liar. Because everybody that I know that went to French Woods is always like, uh huh. Well, you went to Stage Door. And I'm like, well, you're not saying that there's a rivalry, but your attitude, at least i I went to Stage Door Manor, so I know how to be honest. I can be honest and truthful in my experience. Oh. I can be dropped in. You oh my gosh. I can be dropped in. I'm obsessed.
1: Yeah, no, I um I love French Woods and I love stage stage door kids. Me too. So me my too. best friends are from Stage Door. Um and, uh you know I went to French and all of a sudden I got a um a, a um a uh notification on my ancestry that I am potentially third or fourth cousins with the owner's wife's daughter so okay. I'm like that so you're a like-
0: Frenchwoods Legacy basically
1: I you know what I think they're gonna name a theater after me now
0: that's the dream. The dream is that I get famous enough that when they have to build a new theater at Stage Door, they're like, what if we call this the Burnett Pool Theater or whatever it is? Because, you know, they like turned the indoor pool at Stage Door into, a, into like the coolest theater. They turned the barn that burned down into another theater. So like I just want there to be actually it would have to be like a black box for musicals. It would have to be like a, an indie rock theater where they only do rock musicals. And they call it the jordan Kybernet Theater. And all of the cool kids really want to be in that show.
1: I understand that there was like, you know, all the small cast shows. We were like, yeah, oh, I hope I can. I wanted to be in the bit. It was so funny. I actually wound up getting cast in all of the small cast shows. Uh-huh. I wanted to be in the big ones. Cause I'm a big, like I'm a large musical person. Like Les yes. Miz, Mis, the producers. Like those are yes. my favorite shows, but I was, you know, cast in, um, spelling bee i was cast in um i was in doubt i played father flynn in doubt at the ripe old age of 17.
0: what are they doing do you know what i mean like i'm so obsessed i'm so obsessed i love when they made the movie camp about mm-hmm. stage door yeah. and one of the things was that like they were doing um company mm-hmm there had always been this rule when I was there that, like, they would never do Company and Follies, and then they did it in the movie, and then they definitely did it at Stage Door. Of but sometimes I think about, like, 16-year, like, truly, truly, and I'm, this is just because he, he was a friend of mine at camp, but I think about, like, 14-year-old Skylar Aston mm-hmm. playing the Baron in Grand Hotel. Yeah. What are you talking, and it was a flawless performance, but like, what are you talking about?
1: I have a question for you with that. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Oh, I do mind. Um uh <laughs> strike that reverse. Me, please. I only mind, you know what I don't mind. Yeah. Here's the truth. I'm going to I'm going to say this. I don't mind. I love who I am right now. I'm the best version of myself. I am like the hottest, the most fun, the best at eating snacks. I'm the I'm the best version of myself. But okay. for whatever reason, when people see me, they think I'm younger than I am. And well, that's cuz I have good skin. But they think I'm younger than I am. And then when they find out how old I am, In this business, there is this thing that's like, oh, you're that age, but you've only done this. And there's this like stigma Mm. about being a certain age. So I don't care how old I am. I would tell you over drinks. But I think there's something about being presenting the way that I present and being a certain age where there's like this, this like, has time run out? Like old dudes in the studios were like, well, I'm starting out. And I'm like, no, time hasn't run out. I'm actually just walking in my power right now. But like, okay, cool guys, whatever you think. So that's how I feel about age. Like I, I would tell you, but it feels like it's been, it's been put into a place where like, if I told you, then it's going to become a thing. And like, I'm 16, I'm 21, will, I'm 25. Right.
1: I'm 94. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Like in my brain, I can rent, I just was able to rent a car.
1: Yes. Well, all of a sudden uh, they're expecting me to pay taxes and I'm like, it's that's, so gross. that's it's, wild. And it's stop been,
0: doing that.
1: And it's been a while since I've been expected to pay taxes. And it's still like, a Oh wow. Okay. You know, it's so funny that yeah, like, it
0: never gets it. Ne- <laughs> he's I'm moving the, for all of you who are, wa- who are not watching, I am moving my body to cover my dog's humping behavior. And he keeps scooching b- out from behind me so you can show you all. It's this... actually,
1: it's actually, it's actually impressive. Like now it's, unbe-
0: it, it's unbelievable.
1: It was funny and now it's impressive.
0: And now it's impressive. Wait, let me
1: just. Stop that, it. It, it's so funny because when I said at the beginning, I was like, no, leave your dog in there. Like, can't, sh- Like they can't be humping that much.
0: He's never, he has not humped this much since he was a baby. What is about what is it about today, bro? It's
1: it's also the face that it's getting that's I killing know. me. It's like oh. it's just like
0: ASPCA is gonna come for me.
1: So um yes. so no, age is so interesting because it definitely informs how people think of the other. And right. the other reason why I was asking that was really because um You know, I I feel very passionately about Gen Z in many different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel feel sometimes they're going to save the world and then other times destroy the world. Um, But just as I felt that way about millennials uh, and just as the way that I felt, uh, I feel about boomers, right? How they left the world to us. So it's not a Gen Z specific thing. It is just, it's for every generation. So, you know, I really do like, it's so interesting when I was younger, this is the sort of company follies talk at these mm-hmm. camps, right? Yes, yes, yes. When I was younger, when I was thirteen years old, I did not at not at French but in my local theater. Growing yes. up, I did Rocky Horror, I did Scarlet yeah. Pimpernel, I did yeah. Dark of the Moon. At right. thir- thirteen years old, I played um, Conjure Man, um, a three hundred year old witch. Yes. And thirteen years old, and I. I don't I, – I think that it was probably one of the best things to ever happen because we took it so – like, we were in drag at 13 so years old. So seriously. I took it so seriously with so much respect. A hundred percent. And there's this place now where I feel like adults feel like they can only do Honk Jr. or –
0: That's right. A yeah. show like
1: that. And I'm like, I understand why, but I also feel like I'm like Gen Z is like kids are smarter than Oh my why. gosh,
0: they have access to everything. And they're
1: also when handled with with something that needs to be handled with care, they will do it. Mm-hmm. They just have to feel important enough. Yeah. And it's like, you know, yeah, every school is doing mean girls. That's cool. But I'm like, why aren't you doing Jekyll and Hyde? Why aren't you doing something well, dark?
0: yeah also like you're talking to like a full-time creep like i would <laughs> like when i was i when i was like four years old i went to see les mis and i sat through it like this this les is mis- the story been- thank you what does it say
1: le grand jeu, it's my les mis tattoo it's one oh, day I more in that. french in victor Hugo's goes ah. writing but he never wrote the phrase so i found his manuscripts and i pieced together his letters to form it and i got it on june 5th which is the day of the june rebellion
0: oh okay. we are living for that yeah. um uh, yeah, Les Mis is on my list of shows that I haven't done yet, but I swear I will.
1: Okay, can we be the Tenardiers?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like an Eponine for so long. Yeah. And now I feel like I have like a few years of Fontaine left, and then we're going to Tenardier.
1: I love it. I Because I would, I would have you do uh, Tenardier and I'll be Madame Tenardier.
0: Well, actually, what I would really like is to play um, Javert. Like that's... Fierce. When I was like 11, I did Stars in my... Multitudes? <laughs> in my voice lessons.
1: Got it. you gotta got to whip out the old
0: stars. It actually makes a lot of sense now in my life. Like mm-hmm. when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, no, that tracks. That actually yes. really tracks out. Um, Because I also like to walk around and sing um, Hunt for This Man.
1: Like, the City, Every Street, Every, streets, every, every,
0: grade. every Oh, I will. I'm walking through the Target on La Brea doing the soprano line of Madame Guillotine and octave down so that I can sing it to myself.
1: Are we the same person?
0: We might be. The thing is like I love I love musicals. Okay? I love them. Me too. I'm a cool guy with nose piercings and like cool guy stuff and on the inside I am an I am a nerd and I love I love them. I love lots of them. I love all different ones of them and the ones that like would dare to be scary when I was a teenager. Let's go. There was just something about like being a creepy emo kid and the crossover of like that and all of the facade reprises.
1: <laughs> all of them.
0: Every single one of them. <laughs> Emily Skinner singing for her life from the ensemble. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Did you did you watch the David Hasselhoff, Jekyll DVD? V- it's VHS. Life. It's not live. So I just had in my studio, um, Colleen Sexton. Colleen
0: Sexton. I knew you were going to say that because I'm obsessed with her. That voice... That voice.
1: They don't make them like that anymore.
0: I'm not sure they ever made them like that. I think they made one like that. And it was Colleen Sexton.
1: And you know, she was 20 when they filmed that.
0: Yeah. No, that tracks for me though. That tracks for me. Like. She's
1: she's amazing. Her energy is incredible. And those are the people, you know, those are the sort of experiences that like being a multi-hyphenate, which we'll eventually get into because Uh I feel like we can talk about everything. um, (laughs) That that I'm so grateful for being a multi hyphenate and creating my own work and creating my own spaces because like, I, of course, when I photographed Julie Andrews, it was one of the best days of my life. And how can it not be right? Mm. Um, I've married Poppins on my arm and, but I get equally as giddy when I have people like Colleen Sexton in the studio who, um, represents a certain part of my life and, Uh, um, represents uh, a certain part of the industry that, um, means so much and has inspired like like it's so funny you said that about Emily Skinner. It's like I had people come into the studio and we're talking about things and I'll say, who did that on the cast album? Like who was that? And they'll go, me. I that was my line. And I'm like, and I freak out, right? Because I'm like, I love that. I love that shit so much. So I am in completely agreement with you. In in complete agreement with you about being like total nerds about I love
0: it. I love it. I I find myself talking to friends a lot, and they'll be like, wow, you're still so into this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still so into it. So,
1: like, I, like who cares?
0: Like, I'm so into it. And and it's, it's sort of delightful to be someone who's like, a, a lot of my friends are not in the business anymore just because, like, they wanted to, you know, like, be able to pay their bills um, and be, like, reasonable humans. Right. And I can't. I like. I have been. Pl- I used to pretend. This is a perfect example that I was Eponine, mm-hmm. not singing on my own, dying against my couch. The couch was Marius, and I would do a little fall of rain, like four years old, mm-hmm. dying. And that is that is who I am at my core. Yeah, yeah.
1: I agree. We're we're just, and it's okay to be. It's okay. This is also it's what okay I want. To
0: love it. It's I, okay to love it. We're allowed to enjoy it. It is something so beautiful and delightful. And we get to get paid. I get paid to like get dressed up for a living. Oh my gosh, this is, if five-year-old Jordan could see Now Jordan, they would be like, that's my hero. And I'm not like a star, I'm just a guy that works. Yeah. And I love it and I love to go to the theater. And every time I go to the theater, I want to love it. Especially after the pandemic. I just want to love everything. Even if I don't, I'm like, I really tried.
1: It's so funny. You said that my client just before the episode, we were having that exact conversation. I want to love everything. Everything. And it hurts when I don't because I'm like, this could have you, been so You good. betrayed me. You betrayed you me. You betrayed
0: me. Yeah. And it feels like very much like we're still doing this. So like if we're not, if we're going into it and look, maybe I do sound like a Pollyanna, but like, whatever. I'm, I actually am cool. I feel cool enough in my body to be like, actually, I'm cool enough to tell you that it's cool to like stuff.
1: Why, when did it become not cool to like something to be, especially like, I think there's a, you know, like the metaphor of the duck, you know, like how when you do something it needs to have the ease of a duck on a pond, but underneath, they're going like this. Oh, it's... sure, sure. So I feel like that's how it is with, with theater people. We have to mm-hmm. walk. We have to walk into spaces and be cool as a cucumber. But the energy below has to be paddle, 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 paddle to get us from one point to another. But I think that's also about love and passion and 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 uh, nerd nerddom. Like it's
0: absolutely. I wear we it love what we now. love. Yeah. Like, I, like, I'm in L.A. right now. And uh, my friend from Stage Door Manor, who was my roommate when we were children, is in the tour of Mama Mia right now. Mm-hmm. And I went. And I had the time of my life. Mm-hmm. Because I know people, people want to say whatever about mom, Like, theater people want to say whatever about Mamma Mia. I went in. And for two and a half hours, I forgot I had anything on my plate. And I'm sorry, but the winner takes it all as a bop. That sounds like a musical theater song. It sounds like it was written for a musical. I know it wasn't. I'm just saying it sounds like it was. And I'll it, nerd out about this stuff all day long.
1: I, <laughs> Me too. I, So so, um, you're on your multi-hyphenate. So yes. Jordan, what to you is a multi-hyphenate?
0: I think the the medium-sized answer is that for a long time in, For a long time, there was this idea that you had to really focus on one thing, that there was only space for one thing. Um, I went to musical theater school. I went to Stage Door I did all these things that were priming me for this one thing and that there was no room around it. And if you really wanted to be in musical theater, that you had to be this cutthroat, da, da, da. and don't get me wrong, there's truth to that. Yeah. Um, but I think something that I really pride myself on is like while there are definitely boxes that I'd like to check that I haven't checked yet, I have spent the last X amount of years paying my bills, traveling around the country and sometimes the world doing what I love, which includes musicals, which includes comedy, which includes plays, which includes hosting, which it, it has been this ex- really expansive experience that I always thought, cause I was like 16 bars in a jewel tone dress. Mm-hmm. Like I was, when I got to, school when I got to I went to Emerson College and the first day I was the person that was like "What? It's your 16 bars like I was the worst I love that person they mm-hmm. are part of me mm-hmm. but I was I was the ick and uh bless my friends who've like stuck by me since then and I've been <laughs> like oh I'm so glad you calmed down but I think that person never could have imagined being all of these things because I was really so focused there's only one thing you can do And now I've had this great joy of doing all these different things in my life, um, and paying my bills doing it, which is the dream. And I've carved this little thing, this little like serpentine career for myself, playing all these weird parts and hosting a, emceeing a gigantic show, multi zillion dollar show in Vegas, and playing, doing plays about like my one of my comedy heroes. Like I've done all of these things that felt like. If I had just focused on this one thing, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to experience the life that I've had, which has been pretty sick.
1: I think it's really interesting that um, many people don't think that the theater, even even standing by itself, the theater, not even adding television and film, Mm -hmm. is a lucrative industry if you don't make it on Broadway. Or for many people, right. for many people, I think, you know, if you're not on Broadway, then you're not a success. And those are the people at home, you know, where you grew up, being like, are you are you on Broadway yet? Oh, well, maybe one day. But it's it it is possible to have success in your industry in so many different ways. You want to? You've always wanted to do a Disney cruise. Go get that disney cruise get that cruise. you want to tour the country because you've never been outside of your state book that non that non-ec national tour yeah. so that you can go see the world even if you are going city to city to city every night yeah the next contract maybe you get you'll say all right i did that contract now i'm going to do this contract um you want to you want to inspire young kids young people go do that theater for young audiences show mm-hmm. like check off those boxes have that experience and be smart about it right like do that national tour save up that money mm. some of some of those experiences you can save up enough money to put a down payment on an apartment in New York City That's and real. it's and it's not lucrative it's like you can have a family and a dog and a house by just working in the theater if yeah. if you are strategic and you are aware of what you want and i think what you're saying is so important about like the growth that you went on is like yes you were a certain person once before but mm-hmm. you went on this journey and when did you start to maybe um open yourself up like when you started to go tour the world go tour the us tour the world yeah. and start to play your favorite your 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 favorite comedian and start to host what did you notice in your life that started to change that helped you experience those things?
0: Well, I, I think like right out of college, I, I had always thought I'm going to be in New York forever, but I ended up moving to LA because I'd never been well, two for two reasons. My boyfriend at the time really wanted to go and I'd never been um, far enough away from my mother that she couldn't drive to me in a day. And it felt like it was time. And I wanted to do comedy. And I thought, oh, I'll just give this a try. And, (laughs) excuse me, it had been a really interesting time because I had been in final callbacks for, like at that time it was like Jersey Boys and Fiddler, and all of these things I went to the end for. And I I didn't book them. And I moved on and I went to LA. But it was like there was this ball rolling in New York and I picked up and I went to LA, which was like a really weird choice, if I'm being honest. When I think back on it, it feels like it was a really weird choice. But it ended up, excuse me, <laughs> everyone has this cough right now, right? <laughs> um, It ended up, I think that was sort of when I started to realize that there was other stuff. Um, I got into puppetry. That's when I got into puppetry is when I moved to Los Angeles. And I studied with um, Michael Early, who was Snuffleupagus on Sesame Street. And Michael Earl, sorry, excuse me, Michael Earl, please. Um. And then like I started doing stand-up, and then I said so, and then I started doing theater in LA, which was weird. And all of these things started happening, but I was finding myself being like, oh, I haven't, I haven't stopped paying my bills, doing all of these things in X amount of years. So it just sort of rolled into it. And then I was doing the show I'm doing right now, Scissor Hands, in 2018. And there's a show in Vegas called Magic Mike Live that when my best friend, Nikki Klaspel, who's currently on the Moulin Rouge tour, shout out to Baby Cat, um, saw that show, immediately called me and was like, it's you. And I was like, okay, I don't get it. We had seen the Magic Mike movie Double XL, And I had been like, I want to play Jada. Can I be the host of a, of a male strip show? This was in 2015. So cut to 2018. I find out that the person who's in the show is leaving. I've never seen the show, but I'm going off of the trust of my best friend I fly myself to Los Angeles for a night to audition and two weeks later, three weeks later, I am moving to Vegas. Like it happened like that. And then all of a sudden, and it was hard to explain to people. Like I love my mother, but at first she was like, I don't understand. It's not Broadway. And I was like, right. But it is the same amount of money as Broadway. Of course, it's not Broadway. First of all, it's in Las Vegas. Second of all, yeah, it's not me doing lame Miz. I understand that these things are different, mom, but like, And I love my mother. She's great. She's very supportive. Thanks, Iris. We love you. But it took some explaining to be like, no, no, no. This is like, I know that to you, you don't understand what this is yet. But when you see this multi-zillion dollar show and you see that the level of production and you see the fact that I'm playing to 500 people every night, that like it. Yeah, it's not Broadway. It's not in New York. It's not Broadway. That's where Broadway is. It's this extraordinary silly ass thing that I get to do every night where I get to make people feel really sexy and crack jokes about my body part
1: which we love and which we live for which we live for and I think also we can't forget like what when we we're talking of uh, talking about checking off those boxes yeah some of those th- those boxes one of them is Broadway
0: yes one of them is and please don't get me wrong To anyone that is listening, I am ready to make my Broadway debut. Same, same. The timing is right. I feel very good about it. I feel like I've put the time in and now I'm ready. I have been working, like, I feel like seasoned and ready to go do this one thing. So if you're listening, please know I'm ready. That being said, I also love to work. I love to go wherever I can to work. I love to be creating new stuff at any moment. I've been a part of a bunch of shows that have started in a room and have snowballed into what will someday be a thing. But that to me is is so gratifying to be like, oh, I'm the first person that ever sang this song. Wow.
1: Broadway. It's great. It, Broadway is not the only box.
0: It's not the only box. And I love Broadway. And I I want to be clear that mm-hmm. like I have a lot of friends who who who've worked on Broadway. So for them it's not like, you know, for them it's their summer job. And I'm like, I love that for you. I still Five-year-old Jordan still wants to do eight shows a week for a little while. Yeah. In New York City. And, like, I want that. But it's not the only thing I want.
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Family is really interesting. It's, you know, um, I've had a lot of things and I, I'm i very close with my grandma. Um, she's mm-hmm. 92 years old. Oh, we and love I know, her. And I, Doris, yes, we love. And I know, you know, she of course means, means, Everything with the mm-hmm. be- never ever ever would she mean this with any animosity or hate in her art in mm-hmm. her heart. But I have a I wrote a book. I teach at NYU. I have photographed Julie Andrews and Patty and all of these people. <laughs> I will still get the, but I still want to see you on Broadway. And oh yeah. You know, and it doesn't it. it it's, it's meant with all the love, but yeah. I think generationally, it's really interesting. We are doing multiple things and living multiple truths mm-hmm. when that generation and the generations that sort of came before us, were only used to living one truth. And for many people, uh, people don't understand living as a multi-hyphenate because it's like, well, how do you, how do you maintain all of that? And like, what are like, how do you do this? How do you do that? I'm like, you figure it out. You make it work. You make it work. And, and you also establish boundaries into it that you say, I'm not working at that time. I'm not working on that day.
0: Which I've been terrible about for so much of my life. And it took the pandemic basically for me to go, yeah, actually, I, I do need, I do need four days off yeah, I do need I do need two days off. and and I think also like in you know, again, meaning meaning completely well and not I had a friend that was on law and order and my mom saw it and was like, so how did they get on law and order yeah. And I'm like, they booked it. they booked law and order. That's they what they it. did. That has nothing to do with me. Like that's the thing I'm always reminding people like if I'm ever like talking to people young in the business, I'm like, just remember that actually. Booking it has nothing to do with you. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. Go into the room and kill it. Do the best work that you have ever done every time. Just kill it. Just have a great time doing exactly what you love because booking it has nothing to do with you. And I and I still, I mean, I was up for this thing last, last week that like, oof, it hurt when I didn't get it. It yeah. hurt. Yeah. But I know that the right people watched my tape and that I was great. And that the booking had nothing to do with me. it's like, what can I do? I can't like I can't change your past. I can't change your experiences. This is what I'm doing. This is it.
1: Well, you know, they always say uh, you're never auditioning for the actual project. You're auditioning for the next one. Right. They always say, you know, if you want to book a project, book a vacation.
0: Right. You know.
1: Well, what's so funny is, you know, my husband and I, we just filmed uh, a a major motion picture together. Um, We were cast together for these two roles, which was really, very great. Which was really cool because our managers, we have the same managers, submitted us together and we did the self tape together. And they were like, okay, like, right. But it's so funny because we were, we had full. everything was already mapped out we paid for the flights we had the camping we were going to see Joni Mitchell's concert in Washington state and we had to forfeit the tickets and sell them on SeatGeek or whatever it was we were going we were camping in the gorge in Washington state and we were flying everything was we had the puppy sitter I mean it was like it was next week and um (laughs) and yeah and but but it's so funny because when you book things it also has the sense of of like wow, that was easy
0: <laughs>
1: you know oh. it, it kind of obliterates all of the other auditions that you've done where you're like oh there's so much work in this and then when you finally book something when it's you like book that great. one it
0: feels oh I had a friend that won ten thousand dollars on a scratcher once
1: amazing
0: and it's like that it's like he booked he he won ten thousand dollars on a scratcher and so then every time he plays a scratcher he thinks he's gonna win ten thousand dollars again and i think that that's the thing is like every time i book something i'm like oh god, so good good at my job and i forget that it's a i'm scratching and scratching and scratching and scratching
1: that's amazing was this my ted talk i think that is your ted talk my ted talk the cool thing about multi-hyphenating is that we actually nice. pre- prevent a lot of the m- maybes and what ifs and putting our success in other people's hands mm-hmm. we as multi-hyphenates create our experiences we yeah. create, we create that so it's you know that's why um my idol is mel brooks because he wrote the things that he produced and starred in mm. and he therefore created jobs for other people for as well friends. multi-hyphenating is a lucrative experience it's good yeah. for the it's good for the economy because it creates jobs yeah. And um and yeah. i just and i think you know when people look at the sort of multi-hyphenate and go oh i could never do that well you haven't even tried
0: yeah yeah, it's an interesting thing. I think, again, the stigma. is like, when you ask me how old I am, it's like, who, who, when you ask me what I do, like, what's the room? Am I an actor? Am I a singer? Am I a comedian? Am I a host? Am I, you want, you want to know about my rock band? Like, do, do you want to know that I'm really into donuts? Do you want to know about my queerness? Like, these are all the things that add up to make a this. And depending on the room, I feel like you have have to, like, highlight one of them depending on the room. But the truth is, they're all... Part of it.
1: Speaking of queerness, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, mm. um, and you were talking about your relationship with gender. And I think they, there is a direct correlation to. Gender and multi hyphenating, because you said, you know, the way in which you identify, it's a way for you to, and I don't mean to misquote you, and please feel free to correct me. Um, it's a way for you to experience all of the things, and multi hyphenating yeah. is that as well. It yeah. Is, it is the I get to experience different people and different worlds and different art forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't it's know- so
0: interesting when you say it like that. Yeah, like I guess w- when um. Yeah. So I think like when I started to have words for uh, my experience, that's the only way I can say it is like uh, it started to make so much sense. Like, because I don't, I, my pronouns are they and she, and that's because it gender to me feels like an expansive experience. It feels like multitudes, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like one thing or not one thing. It feels like a bunch of things. Uh, it feels like inca- I encap- I'm encapsulating all these different things. And when I had language for it, it's it just clicked. And I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This explains so much of my anxiety for my whole life and why I didn't feel like the thing that I didn't feel like. And, um and it's true. It is, it is sort of like what would happen if I just like, got on board with everything that I'm doing rather than feeling like I had to choose one in my career and also in my identity.
1: That's all I'm saying is <laughs> it, you know, it it it's we don't have to choose. We don't we live in a very binary society, you know, it's and I say this yeah. in the beginning of my book. It's like we have been conditioned and trained to wake up at 7 in the morning, go to Dunkin' Donuts, pick up your order, clock it at 9, leave at 5, do this, cook dinner, watch a program, go to bed. Yeah. But what if we can have different experiences? What if we can make money in other ways and open up our experiences without um, crossing boundaries with ourselves? Because the pandemic, you know, was- well- Really interesting for me. I'm a COVID long hauler. And Ugh. while COVID almost fucking killed me, you know, yeah. it also issued this, this uh, vitality in me. Mm. And I was able to go, I can, I can live better if I establish boundaries. Yeah. And my life has been so much, I feel like more colorful, knock on wood, you know, because I've been able to say, hey, yes, but not for that amount of money. Not at this, not at this time. Um, That is, that doesn't seem incredibly safe to me. Uh, Let's fix all of these things or, hey, I'm not interested in that. Multi-hyphenating is a way for a better life. It's a more expansive Mm. life.
0: And I wonder, like, I have, I feel like I have a lot of friends who have had the experience post-COVID, post-COVID as if we're not, still currently in covid but right. let's say post brunt post initial covid post covid season 1 and 2 um that like boundary setting and worth is different like my friends are asking for money for their work in a way that they absolutely never did before and that's just i think that's just one example of that but like Yeah, I mean, there's, like, no benefits to living through a horrible pandemic except for the way that you proceed, you know? Like, the only thing you can control is, like, how you proceed.
1: Do you feel like you learned any really specific lessons during COVID that completely changed who you are as an artist?
0: Um, oh, man, like, probably so many. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think, like, probably the... I think, yes, I think the biggest thing I learned is that I love the show, but the show doesn't love me back. Oh. Which is a hard thing to hear, but um, I love what I do. I love it. I will take on way more than I should have to to try and keep a show afloat, for example, or a show in good standing. Um, but when it comes down to it, like the show is the show and it doesn't love you back. So if you get sick, for example, and you can't do the show, the show's not going to come over and tuck you in at night and tell you that you're cute. Like the show is going to want you to be sick at the show and do the show. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think what a lot of people experience. Um, so I think, you know, when, when it's time for them to move on, they're going to recast someone, whatever it is. I I didn't have that experience, but a, I, a lot of my friends did. Um, uh, And I think like the boundaries, like I love what I do, but the boundaries that I'm lear- still learning to set in terms of like, this is what I do and I love it. It's not who I am. I have to be able to exist in a world where when I go to a party, we don't just talk about work. I want to know about who you're fucking. I want to know about what you're eating. And I want to know about how many dogs you have at home. And I want to know what your favorite movie is. And if you want to talk a little bit about how the business sucks or how the business is great or... Yeah, we can talk about it. Totally. We can talk about it. But if that's the only thing you want to talk about, you're going to lose me pretty quickly.
1: My favorite gauge is when... I could tell this person, I love doing this so much. If I'm at a party and they're doing the thing where they're drinking and they're totally looking above my head or they're looking to see who's behind you, to see who's behind me, I'll whip out my past life story just to see what they do. If they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're like, oh, wait, I want to know more about that. And they like drop the, you know, the veneer. It's so interesting because I, we are all... This is I, and the the frustrating thing about this is that everyone would probably agree with me but not everyone acts like this. We are all human beings first. First. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and we are so much more than the industry. We are so much more than how yeah. high we can belt. And uh I don't know when we're going to stop pretending like those are the most important qualities to us i don't i one of my one of my things that one of my things that i'm like oh i gen z is gonna yes they they are gonna save the world in so many Uh ways and then other ways where i'm like is the um i feel like for me the unimportance of acting um in a piece you lost
0: uh, me i'm gone you're right. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, you're when your eyes glaze over and it's just singing, and you're up, I'm like, great, you're a singer,
1: right? And everyone's like, you know, in the comments, right? Like, oh my god, fierce! They sound so amazing. Ah, that tone. I'm like, yeah, it's all beautiful, yeah, but but and it is fierce. But I'm like, what's behind it? That is the best. Yeah. That's that's how we that that is what is, and you know, that's what's that's that's art, right? Is is someone can be incredibly moved by it? But I'm like uh and then that really irks me is that when there is a show that uh, a bootleg or something that is posted where they are acting for, for their lives for their lives and the comments are like oh my god what an amazing actor they are such good actors i'm like that should be the neutral the
0: baseline yeah i mean i agree with you my whole thing is like are you a storyteller Cause that's like the right, the way that I'm always asking is like, if you look, there are a lot of people who sing way better than I do, period, Same. good night. That's real. Like I, I'm a great singer, but there are a lot of people who sing that better than I do. But I think when it comes down to it, like my priority is never going to be like, I'm going to sound better than that person. This is just my experience. Other people have different experiences, but mine is like, I'm going to tell a story. Yeah. And I want to tell it in, in, I mean, th- this is the, the show I'm doing right now, the Hands musical tribute mm-hmm. There are some voices in this show that would that would make you want to just like Madame Guillotine yourself. They're so incredible. They're just, they're beyond. They, are, they sound like, in the best way, they sound so pitch perfect, so auto-tuned. The tone is so beautiful. The range is unbelievable. And I always say to them, I'm like, you guys, I don't do that. What you do is like, to me. It's unreal to me. It is spectacular to me. It is absolutely not what I do. And so I often say, like, what I'm doing in Scissor Hands is I'm doing like a play within a 90 minute musical tribute because, yeah, I'm singing a lot. But if I'm, if I have scissors on my hands and I'm telling this story about this outsider who wants to be included, my priority, while, yes, of course, I want to sound good and I want all the Gen Zers to say that I'm fierce, I also need to honor the integrity of this character and this person mm-hmm. and this. I don't know why I always call Scissorhands a gay robot, but it feels right to me. This gay robot whose story needs to be told. And that has to be the priority. If I sound fierce singing while I do it, great. But that can't be the priority. And I will say that the people in Scissorhands are also incredible storytellers. Mm-hmm. Like, I, the, this is not actually a one or the other. Like, Emma Hunton is a perfect example so of someone who whose voice sounds like like when Emma sings, I'm like, uh huh, what's up? Like Emma's voice is unbelievable, but Emma's Stupid. voice is fully supported by the storytelling. And if you if you ask her, she'll be like, yeah, I'm a singer first, but am I because her because the storytelling will always be the priority.
1: I love watching Emma's bootlegs as Elphaba because I'm like, that's an actor, that's an actor, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. B- that's so interesting. I'm reading Barbara Streisand's book right now. My husband and I are both watching Barbara. Uh-huh. Uh, um, Reading listening. Book, oh, yeah. And we're listening to the audio. Yeah. And, you know, she always describes herself as an actor first. And when you watch the videos of her. It's obvious, it's obvious that she is and, and the way that she ta- what's so interesting about the way that she talks about the industry yeah. is my philosophy on the industry as well. There's a great story that she says. And it's not this is where I can get myself in trouble because I'm a little like. I don't necessarily think everyone should be doing this at all times, but I think we do have the power to be able to do it once in a while. And it is when she was in, when she was being seen for funny girl and was Uh on the, I believe she said it was the St. James stage. And she sang some songs and they had her back to read the sides. She said, she was like, I can't. Oh, I I think it was our can't remember who it was said. Barbara, that's great, but can you please can you can you cry doing this? We would like to see mm-hmm. you cry doing this. Yeah, and uh, she was like, "I'm sorry, I can't cry saying these words." And then the playwright, the the book writer for Funny Girl, uh, names. I wasn't expecting to tell this story, so names. It's is okay. Right.
0: We'll put them in the comments. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, she um said she stood up from the house and says you're right barbara they're not good enough and i was like that is collaboration and that is
0: it's also not reality it's not where we live in our day-to-day yeah we don't live there in our day-to-day but if you have an experience and you have a relationship with someone and you can collaborate like that it's so special
1: It's so special. And I'm asking artists to be more like that, to be to be Mm -hmm. take their ego out and say, Hey, yeah, this actually isn't good enough. And I needed to hear that. And also the artist to be like, my what is my intention? What is my motivation? Why am I saying these words? As opposed to just being like, Wow, I sound really good, you know?
0: Yeah, because also you can sound really good and I will listen to the cast album.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you you jumped the gun a little bit. I was. Oh, gonna, I didn't mean no, to. No, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you did because we love a segue, a a smooth a sagu a sagu. Don't you?
0: A segue.
1: Can't you write a a segue? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, you're currently in in a show, and that is Scissor Hands, a musical tribute. Yep. And that's right. Um, how. Like, tell us about it. Like you, Oh, it's so delightful. You were just extended till January 14th.
0: Till January 14th. Um, This is sort of like the the little show that could. Yeah. Um, In 2018, one of my very best friends and brilliant mind and like unbelievable honey bunny with incredible vision, Bradley Bredewig, was like, do you want to come out? I was living in New York. I live in New York. And I was like, do you want to come out to L.A. and do this musical version of Edward Scissorhands? And I was like more than anything in the world because I have been obsessed with that movie since I was a child. So good. Um, when I ride the subway, I have this photo of myself from before he asked me where I'm riding the subway in a dark lip. And I just, it, I look like scissor hands on the train, just in my normal clothes. Um, so I came out in 2018 to do the show. And we sort of put it together in a couple weeks. And it was this like sweet, Christmassy, a little bit queer, kind of figuring itself out show that was supposed to run for a month. We ran until the middle of Mar- March. Like we were doing Christmas songs and the day we closed, it was St. Patrick's Day. Wow. And and it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. So then six months later, Halloween, Christmas comes around. I mean, Christmas, like not Halloween, but like, you know, uh, November comes around, December comes around, we do the show again. Then we lived through the pandemic. Um, and it's just sort of had this life, this beautiful life where the adaptation of the show is now even more than ever very queer it's very much about um uh uh anyone who has ever felt like on the outside any version of that so no matter who you are if you've ever felt on the outside i think that's what the movie always did but now particularly this version um is so based in its queerness um which is really for me a delight and um and it's just had this kind of beautiful life of its own. These be- these like amazing fans that have continued to come back and they're bringing people. And it just, it feels like Christmas. When we do scissor hands, it feels like Christmas time. And that's sort of
1: the, I think this harkens back to what we were talking about before about checking off boxes and having experiences that are worth doing what we do that aren't uh, just Broadway, right? Yeah having experiences that you could do with your friends and Mm. because it it seems like you've known you know emma uh ryan dion ahead of time as well
0: emma ryan and dion i've known for a long time alex ellis who just joined the cast we've never worked together before this but i've known her for a long time carson higgins who just joined the cast i've known for a long time like um who just joined the cast but but even before that in 2018 emma and ryan and dion i had been friends with them for ages and bradley too and so it felt like well, what if we just did this sweet little Christmas music? And now it has turned into something that is so far beyond what our wildest dreams could have imagined.
1: You never know when something that is meant to just feed your soul is going to become something much bigger. That's going to pay pay your rent, pay the bills. And it's a a
0: special show. Like it, it, the new version of the show is 90 minutes, which honestly is my favorite thing about a show these days. Um, (laughs) which is hard because I was always like a two actor. I was like, let me have a big show. Um, but I think now earning act two is really important. And if you can tell the story in 90 minutes, you should.
1: Yeah, uh, Come From Away did that so beautifully. I, ah. I Whenever I talk about perfect theater, I always say, Come From Away. I think it's one of the oh, best yeah. things to ever happen. Um, 90 minutes uh, turning uh, um, something in, uh, in history, incredibly horrible and terrible yeah. and turning that into something positive yeah. and joyful. Yeah. Um, and I, I just feel, you know, uh, Titanic is another one of those shows that I feel Strange loop. Strange loop was another one of those shows. For me, that... strange
0: loop. I was like, oh, we did it. Okay. We did it. I'm out. Like yeah. just and... storytelling maximized and no, no bits just.
1: And also tearing apart about what th- commercial theater can actually mm. be. Cause I think yeah. we're so, you know, we're so used to um commercial theater looking a certain way but strange loop tore that apart in a lot of different ways you know there was the whole um a lot of different ways there's the there was the whole going to hell uh
0: oh the whole show just like i just every moment i was like you know
1: yeah i mean it was brilliant sitting in that uncomfortability sitting in that sitting in that uh in that what is going to happen next what is this yeah. looking like what does this mean for theater and that's someone's yeah, favorite theater yeah, is, yeah. is when, when we transform that but um but uh i i, I unfortunately i'm not going to be able to see scissor hands. i would love to because i'm going to be on the east coast but yeah. um but uh what do you think what do you think um uh audience members take away from the experience after they see it
0: i think that i think it's twofold i think there is like merriment and Christmas and delight and like incredible singing and that side of it. And I think there's also like heartbreak and leaving with this sense of like, maybe I should just like be nicer to myself and love myself and be gentle on myself. And each other. And each other. What if we were just gentler with each other? Like it's, the show has these moments that are so funny and these moments that are so deeply heartbreaking. And I, I think the balance of that creates you know, something, something worth taking with you.
1: I love that. I think we all need to be kinder to each other. Um, It's interesting living in a day and age where people don't want to be kind to each other, you know, with everything happening in the world. um, With everything happening in the world, I made a post that was just like, everyone needs to be kinder to each other when discussing what's happening. Yeah, And um, people came for me.
0: Well, yeah, of course they did,
1: <laughs> and that's I was what just people like, do. Wow, because
0: people. I mean, the other thing is like, wow. And this is not about what you said, but I just like wonder if, in general, like, what if we listened more? Yes. Like, I like to say, like, do a shush, just do a shush, do a shush, 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 do a shush, and listen more. Well, what will happen? And what if you just like, I don't know.
1: It's such an interesting <sighs> balance of that as a podcast host too, because oh, I'm sure because it's like i have to guide a conversation in a certain way
0: yeah
1: and 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 find the meat and potatoes of that story yeah. but also allow you to fully take a stand and listen to the things you know develop questions that are based on the things that you've said because you know there's a there's more story there and we could mm. go you know it, it's so much more than just like a you know where are you from? Blah blah blah. But like, how do you feel? Why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you experience this? What what happened then? And um, I think that's the sort of magic about being a host and podcast yeah. host is is experiencing the why behind everything. Sure. And that's and that sort and,
0: of- and I wonder like with the way that you sp- it just started pouring rain in Los Angeles like you would not believe a Christmas miracle maybe. I've oh, never man. seen it rain like this in LA. This is um, the last time I saw it rain like this in LA. I saw there was a lightning that hit a telephone pole and I saw it go up in flames. And that was like 10 years ago. That's wow, wild. This is wild. Um, Yeah. I mean, why? And also like, why are we coming for each other? Why are we, do- you know, there's, there's stuff to fight about. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, a pa- I'm not like so passive. I don't believe in any of that. I just wonder if like, we could just be like, cool, man. I I would love to be be cool, man.
1: I would love to be cool, man. I think that would be amazing. And I think if you can in L.A., Head to see scissor hands. Tickets please are come s-
0: see us. please.
1: They extended till January 14th. We
0: have so many shows.
1: Yes, tickets are sold exclusively online by Fever, and there's general admission tickets. There's also VIP reserved seating. The show is a fabulous 90 minutes, and uh, this is recommended for 13, uh, for ages 13 and up. And unless
0: uh, you're a 13 year old, unless you have like a young person like us, like if you have a creepy kid at home, bring them.
1: Okay. You, like you, if you
0: or if you have like a queer kid at home that needs some love, bring your queer kid.
1: Bring the queer kids. Bring them, bring and it's kids. at the Bourbon Room, which is on Hollywood Boulevard in in L A. And uh, follow Scissorhands musical at Scissorhands musical um, on social media and use the hashtag hashtag Scissorhands the musical. And uh, Jordan, where can we follow you on social media?
0: You can follow me at J K A I B five letters.
1: J-K-A-I-B. A I B. A
0: I B. J Ky B. That's it. That's me. It says Donut Troll. You'll know it's me. It says Donut Troll, Magic Mike, sometimes Gilda Radner, and uh, Scissor Hands. And then it has like a lot of emojis of stuff I like to eat and also dogs.
1: If I could steal anyone's bio, I think it would be yours.
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. Often Gilda Radner, Magic Mike, Scissor Hands, and Romeo Michelle.
1: You're amazing, Jordan. Thank you so much for this ah, great conversation. This was
0: so fun. You're a delight. Thank you so much for having me. Come see Scissor Hands, please.
1: We absolutely will. Thank you. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy. This is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? It's time for today's Lucky
0: Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.